The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Well, once again, it seems that if you enjoy soda, if you enjoy a cigar, if you enjoy anything tasty or anything that derives pleasure, then the enemies of pleasure are after you. The bureaucrats, the taxocrats. They want a piece of every single thing that we enjoy. Well, we are going to fight to the end to make sure that does not happen. And as always, lieutenants, I will give it to you straight. I will give it to you uncut. And sometimes, as the great General Patton would say, when you really want to emphasize things, you got to give it to them double dirty. And we will do that special show for you today. We come to you from the Miami Theater of Operations, the other cigar city in the state of Florida. Long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute, semper delictatio. Always pleasure, America's alpha male front and center at a clandestine location. Well, not that clandestine. We're at the Eden Rock here as I'm attending the Florida Association of Broadcasters Convention. And earlier this week, I attended a special Cigar Rights of America industry roundtable or industry update, which we will get to. But as always, we extend to you long-ass greetings and salutations, a long-ass snappy salute. Semper delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the alphas. And as always, follow me. Follow us at CigarDave.com. Follow us for breaking news at Twitter, at CigarDaveShow is my handle, Facebook.com slash CigarDave. We are also on Instagram, YouTube. Go to CigarDave.com. Easy links to follow us. Now, Lieutenants, I will tell you that I came here Tuesday early morning to attend the Cigar Rights of America Manufacturer and Industry Update on the FUDA regulations, and I can tell you that it is worse, 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 worse than initially thought it is not good. We are under attack on all quadrants. Warning. Warning. We have reached DEFCON 1. Civil rights have been breached. Congressional insurgency has begun. Stand by to enact countermeasures. And it is a major emergency because the FUDA's regulations, uh, we sat an entire day with briefings from the members of the Cigar Rights of America staff, Glenn Loop and his staff. We, we had updates from 
lobbyists and lawyers. And I can tell you that every manufacturer's head was spinning by the time the day was done. And when the day was done, we took the time to have to to record a special one-hour roundtable with Glenn Loop of the Cigar Rights of America, with Jim Young, the CEO of Davidoff USA, with Rocky Patel of Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, George Padrona Padron Cigars, Alan Rubin of Alec Bradley joined us later on in the hour. We will spend the entire second hour filling you in on what it means. If you think there's going to be a new cigar brand launched after August uh, 7th or 9th of this year, forget it. We may never see another new brand after August 9th if this FDA legislation is allowed to stand. Now, the good news is on three different fronts. There's a legal front, a litigation front. There is a lobbying front. And there is also a front to attack the FDA and try to set some a little bit more common sense regulations. But it's going to happen. There is going to be a lawsuit. There's no doubt in my mind when we don't know. I anticipate sometime in the next 30 days. And when it happens, you will hear about it. But the FUDA, unelected government bureaucrats, led by Mitch Zeller, or as he is referred to, Mitch Zealot. He is in charge of the the uh, tobacco group at the FDA, and it is an absolute unmitigated disaster, and we'll spend more in the second hour. Now, if you enjoy, like I do, an occasional Diet Coke, a Minute Maid Light, if you enjoy a Diet 7-Up, if you enjoy a Coke, if you enjoy a Gatorade, and you live in the city of Philadelphia, the bureaucrats, the city council, the mayor, have gone after you for enjoying and consuming, a, once again, a legal product. And how are they going to attack you? With a tax. We mentioned this a few weeks ago. A week ago, Thursday, it passed. I didn't have time to get to it on the show last week. But in the city of Philadelphia, you know, the Philadelphia is known as the city of brotherly love. It is now known as the city of, uh, of soda taxation. Because the city council approved a special tax of 1.5 cents per ounce, not only on sweetened beverages, so not only on Coke and on Sprite and on any beverage that has sugar, but also they've included diet drinks. Diet Coke, Diet 7-Up, Minute Maid Light, Diet Dr. Pepper. Any diet drink is now subject to this one and a half cent per ounce. Now you say, well, okay, what's one and a half cents? It's a a penny and a half an ounce. Big deal. Well, it could raise prices anywhere between 25 to 50 percent. That's not an inconsequential tax. That's an onerous tax. And initially, they were looking at strictly uh, taxing sugar sweetened beverages, but now it's on regular sodas, diet sodas, sports drinks, energy drinks, other non alcoholic beverages with added sweeteners. The tax goes into effect in January, and the city council, the first city to enact a large city, I shouldn't say the first city because there's some smaller cities, but the first large city, and it passed uh, on a vote of 13 to 4. 13 to 4 by the taxocrats. By the way, I have a new name for the Democrats. Not only do we call them the taxocrats, after watching the sit-in this week in the Congress, 
I now call them the Essocrats. So they're the Taxocrats and the Essocrats. And it was led, this, this tax in Philadelphia was led by Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kearney, Essocrat in Philadelphia. And when he took office earlier this year, one of his first items was to pass a soda tax. But instead of saying we're doing this for the health benefits of people, we're doing it to combat diabetes and to combat obesity, no, he just basically came straight out and said, we're going to use this for pre-K, we're going to use this for community schools, we're going to use this to service the Philadelphia debt so we can add improve parks, uh, build new recreation centers, libraries. Additionally, the tax is going to be earmarked for the city's general fund, as well as other expenditures, including retrials for juveniles, which was added later on in negotiations with council members. The estimated tax is going to be, the amount it would raise is estimated to be $100 million per year. $100 million per year in Philadelphia. But here's what's going to happen. People are going to go to outside the city limits. They'll go to another county. They'll cross into New Jersey. They will go other places to buy. And I hope that, not for the sake of the distributors and the workers in Philadelphia, but to shove it up the asses of the assocrats and the 13 city council members in Philadelphia that voted for this soda tax and the mayor that pushed this tax, I hope they don't sell another soda in the city of Philadelphia ever until this ridiculous tax is overruled. Now, there's more to this story, as Ron Popeil would say, say, but wait, there's more. As Paul Harvey would say, page two, I'll tell you about who funded the soda tax in the city of Philadelphia. It is an enemy of pleasure we are all very familiar with. Now, later on, we'll enjoy the National Cigar Litation Ceremony. I'm going to select one of the cigars from the June Officers Club selection. It is the, uh, from the Casada Family Sampler. I've got one of the big, beautiful, bold sticks that I'll be enjoying. Actually, I'll give you a hint. It's the Fonseca Cubano Limitada. Great cigar. We'll tell you about that. Also, a reminder... Hard to believe we are now just, uh, I think, seven weeks away or eight weeks away from the Buffalo Cigar Day Buffalo Alpha Pleasure Fest, Buffalo Riverworks, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. in downtown Buffalo. And I just met with Rocky Patel uh, just uh, yesterday, the day before. And here are the cigars that you will be enjoying that we will, when you walk in, you're going to get a pack of great cigars in addition to a great, huge alpha male lunch buffet and samplings of Woodford Reserve, Old Forster, Jack Daniels, and the new, the new barrel. Uh, what's it? Cooper's Craft. Cooper's Craft from Woodford from uh, uh, Brown Foreman that we talked about last week on the show. We'll have samples of those samples from Hamburg Brewing, including their Small Town Saison, their Sweet Tang, mm. Sweet Tang, which is a grapefruit lager, Oktoberfest lager, their Marzen Irish Red, and a special brew that we have concocted. It is the General Dave. Alpha Male Ale. It is a double IPA. It is off the charts. So here are the cigars you'll receive at the Buffalo Alpha Pleasure Fest. Brand new Rocky Patel 55 making its worldwide debut. Rocky Patel Edge Light. The Nish Patel Bold. The Nimi D. The Rocky Patel 20th Anniversary. We launched last year in Buffalo. And the Hamlet Cigar by Hamlet Paredes, who will be joining us, who uh, fled Cuba, one of the great... uh, Rollers out of Cuba, one of the big spokespeople for uh, the the uh, Habanos, which is the 
Cuban Cigar Company. So we will have him. He's now with Rocky Patel. It's going to be a great day. Get your tickets now. Here's what's going to happen. Starting about two weeks before, when we're sold out, I'm going to start getting massive amounts of email and calls from people saying, please, General, just one ticket or two tickets. I've wanted to go for so long. We've been promoting this now for uh, just about six weeks. A little bit less. Well, no, about six weeks. So here's the deal. When we're sold out, we're sold out, and it's limited. We want to make it a nice, intimate, cozy pleasure fest. So buy your tickets now. Go to CigarDave.com. All the details there. Lieutenants, I will tell you who is behind funding the Philadelphia soda tax vote and increase when we come back. A very sinister and familiar name. We will continue around the corner. If you miss a part of the show, you can download the podcast to listen anytime. Go to iTunes and search Cigar Dave or log on to CigarDave.com. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the Silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. Alpha is a big event taking place in the Buffalo Theater of Operations, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It is the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, one of the great events of the year at the Buffalo Riverworks downtown Buffalo. This is an all-inclusive VIP ticketed event. From the time you walk in into the time you leave, you will enjoy great cigars, including six premium Rocky Patel cigars, including the new Rocky Patel 55th making its worldwide debut. We'll have a full Alpha Lunch Buffet, including Salem Smokehouse Buffalo Dogs, a carnivore carving station, paella with meat and seafood. It's going to be fantastic. You will have drinks, including five different craft beers from Hamburg Brewing. We will have samples of Woodford Reserve, Old Forster, Jack Daniels. You'll get a commemorative gift. Go to CigarDave.com. Get your tickets now. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Buffalo Riverworks in Buffalo. We will see you there. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth. It will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. 
I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. This is Nish Patel. Join me at the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on Saturday, August 13, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Buffalo Riverworks. We're going to be introducing our RP55. It's a worldwide launch. Come on down, get your tickets at CigarDave.com. And you betas, go in hiding because we're coming your way. That's right. Get those betas into hibernation. Beta, uh, uh, beta nation. Beta nation. That's right. Get them out. It's all alphas. There will be only alpha males within a one-mile radius of Buffalo Riverworks on Saturday, August 13th for the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest. Nish Patel will be there. Nimish Desai, Nimi D, his, uh, Rocky's cousin will be there. Hamlet Paredes. It's going to be a great, great day. Now, let's go back to the Philadelphia soda tax. 1.5 cents per ounce. Could add anywhere between 25 to 50% on top of the cost currently of sodas in Philadelphia, including diet beverages. Well, who was behind funding the ad campaign? Who was behind the lobbying effort? Who was who, who wrote the check for $1.6 million to go after your right to enjoy a soda in Philadelphia without excessive taxation? I'll give you one guess. He was a former mayor of New York, Michael Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg wrote the check. This man has nothing better to do except wag his finger and tell everyone else how to live their lives. Interfere in how people want to live their lives. Interfere in their decisions that they have the right to make here in the United States. Where is it written? Where is it written that the government has the right to tax everything to death? If I'm not mistaken, this country gained its independence because of taxation without representation. And boy, you'd never know that we've got representation in Washington or the city councils or the state houses because they are screwing every single person who consumes any product that they deem to be unworthy of being sold. Sodas, cigars, steaks, coffee. And I say this to all of you, even if you do not, and I've said this for years, even if you don't smoke cigars, what did I always say? Pay attention. Even if you don't smoke cigars, when I talked about taxation or I talked about regulation, I said, believe me. I sound like Donald Trump. Donald Trump, believe me. It's going to be huge, this tax, huge. I said to you all, trust me on this. Even if you don't smoke cigars, and we have many listeners that don't smoke cigars, they meaning the bureaucrats, the enemies of pleasure, the taxocrats, the assocrats, they're coming after your product next. You don't smoke cigars? Fine. You drink soda. Now you're caught. Congratulations. You're getting screwed now, too. You drink coffee? Caffeine is the next target. I will guarantee you as the day is long, the FDA, the enemies of pleasure, they will go after your coffee. Guaranteed. And what are they going to do it under? Well, the guise of health. But now we're seeing that with Bloomberg funding $1.6 million to, to fund the lobbying effort and the ad campaign, the mayor in Philadelphia just showed he's blatant. He's blatantly doesn't care if there's anything with health effects. He's going to do it to say, hey, we're going to do it for pre-K. Everybody else is nickel. 
And who's this going to affect more in the city of Philadelphia? People that cannot afford the tax. The lower, more moderate income earners in Philadelphia. And what's interesting about this tax is that virtually every organization, everybody was against it. Retailers, restaurants, the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, the Teamsters Union was against the tax, saying that grocery bills would soar, thousands of jobs would be jeopardized, and the poor would be hit the hardest. Does the city council in Philadelphia care? No. And now that this has passed, we're going to start seeing the effects in other cities. Guaranteed. We saw the same with the smoking ban. It started in California. It spread. I guarantee you within the next six months, we'll see at least a dozen large to medium-sized cities proposing soda taxes. San Francisco residents will vote for a second time on a proposed soda tax on the November ballot. Now, it, it lost a few years ago, but they're bringing it back. We're going to see this in other cities. Other cities already looking to duplicate exactly what Philadelphia did. And here's another one. Representative Rosa DeLauro, uh, asocrat of Connecticut, is now urging a federal tax on every teaspoon of sugar. She's calling it the Sweet Act. I'd call it the Screw You Act. And if you've ever seen this woman, this Rosa DeLauro, she looks like a damn freak. I mean, she looks like a scary witch. This woman is an absolute, the scariest thing I've ever, th- I, in fact, I don't think she commutes to the capital in a car. I think she commutes on a broomstick. And we'll post pictures, and when you see, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But they are coming after your soda. They're coming after your coffee. They're coming after your steak. They're coming after your, your snacks. They're already going after cigars. And in the second hour, we'll tell you how the FUDA has royally screwed the cigar industry and those of us that enjoy cigars. The National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony is next. The June selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is a Quesada cigar sampler, including the Quesada 40th Anniversary, the Fonseca Cubano Limitado, and the Fonseca Classic 799. The Fonseca Classic 799 has a Connecticut wrapper, Mexican Sumatra binder, and Dominican longleaf filler. It's easy to join the Officers Club to have these cigars shipped directly to you. Just log on to CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar-making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Tradition. 
traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, I am pulling out one of the three fantastic cigars that are part of the June 2016 Officers Club selection. The Casada Family Sampler. It includes a Casada 40th Anniversary. Nice medium to full-bodied cigar. Delightful stick. The Fonseca Classic. A mild, flavorful classic you just can go to, and it is good anytime, any year. It is just a fabulous cigar. And now I pulled out the Fonseca Cubano Limitada. I want something that's a little bit more, well, as Manuel Casada would say, something with a little more personality on the palate. And I have pulled out just this gigantic stick. It's the Fonseca Cubano Limitada. 665, six inches in length, 65 ring gauge. Now we know that ring gauge is expressed in terms of 60 fourths of an inch with a 65 ring gauge. This is just a hair, a sliver over one inch in diameter. It's a heavy feeling cigar, it's full. It is rich. Manuel Casada, for many years, had the people unfairly gave Manuel this reputation that he could only make mild cigars. Not true. Manuel Casada can blend anything. He's one of the best at working with cigar tobaccos. So he wanted to go big. He wanted to go bold. Honduran Habano wrapper, Nicaraguan Lajero binder, a nice edgy Dominican filler blend produces big-time taste, expansive notes on the palates, and that's exactly what I will enjoy today. This guy runs in the $9 category worth every penny. God, just looking at it, absolutely magnificent. So our litation selection today, part of the June 2016 Officers Club selection of Casada Family Sampler Cigars, the Fonseca Cubano Limitada. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready to go. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, I brought with me down to the Eden Rock here in Miami because uh, on for the Florida Broadcasters Convention, which I'm attending, I'm on the board of directors, for, have been for many, many years, and certainly one of the topics of conversation was how well the broadcasters responded to the Orlando terror attack several weeks ago. And 
when there is a crisis, when there is a disaster, something's going on, the broadcasters always rise up, and they did once again. So we're certainly, I'm certainly proud to be part of the Florida Broadcasters Association. And on Wednesday evening, after the inaugural dinner, the start for our convention, it is a tradition where we do a cigar and spirit evening. And I am the host. We provide the cigars. I provide the cigars. I provide the... I'm, I'm the host-in-chief, the HIC, the host-in-chief. And also, got to make sure we have proper litation uh, devices. We have proper cutters. So I pulled one of these out. This is from uh, Alec Bradley Cigars. This looks like a Bunsen burner. Looks like a tea kettle. There is a lever, a rod. You turn that, which allows that you can hear that. The gas, I'm going to press, and bam. I'm telling you, this looks like the bottom of a Saturn V rocket going to the moon. I still remember it off of Cape uh, Canaveral, Cape Kennedy. So this will do a beautiful job lighting my cigar. Cigar, cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. All right, I, I barely can get the double-edged guillotine around the head of this incredibly large 65 ring gauge Fonseca Cubano Limitada. But here we go, one, two, Three. Perfect. Cut. Beautiful. All right. Now I'm going to gently toast the foot of this. You can hear I'm going to adjust. I can go all the way from rocket down to a reasonable fire. So I'm going to have this fire right at about an inch. By the way, if for any reason you lose your power, you don't have gas cooking, you take one of these, stick this under a grill, a couple of grates. You'll be uh, barbecuing hot dogs before, you know, grilling some, some, uh, some nice Salins or Hebrew Nationals. All right. Let me toast the foot of this cigar. Oh, you can hear that. Hold on, puff and rotate. Oh, yeah. This is a, ma this is a massive cigar. Massive. Mmm. Wow. Wow, that Lajero binder really adds a lot of spice. Let me finish up. Low on the foot of the cigar. Still not yet, but yeah, gotta keep going. Remember, when you got a 65 ring gauge, that's over an inch in diameter. You gotta make sure every single part of the foot of the cigar is properly lit. Otherwise, you're gonna have problems and it's not going to burn evenly and you're not gonna get cigar satisfaction. So let me puff and rotate here. Mmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got. Oh, this is great. Take a few more puffs. Mmm. Very nice. All right, my Fonseca Cubano Limitada is now lit. I will certainly enjoy this, and I need the proper accompaniment to wash it down. Scotch, bourbon, and beer commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, I'm going to stand with my soda-drinking brothers and sisters in Philadelphia, the people that are now going to be subject to a 1.5 cent per ounce tax, 25 to 50 percent tax excise tax, onerous tax on their soda, not only their sugar-sweetened sodas and beverages, but diet beverages as well. And one of my favorites this time of year is my Minute Made Light. Five calories in a can. It is cool. It is refreshing. It is lemonade. And that's exactly what I will enjoy today. So let me pull the tab. Yes. Let me take a sip. That's one 
thirst-quenching lemon-flavored sip down my throat. One giant royal salute to the Philadelphia City Council and the Assocrats and Michael Bloomberg, or shall I say Gloomberg, for funding the Philadelphia soda tax debacle. Take another sip. Mm. And I have to tell you, actually, this goes nicely with my Fonseca Cubano Limitada. Very nice indeed. All right, lieutenants, when we come back, well, before we come back, I just want to remind everyone that in the second hour, I taped a, an interview after the Big Cigar Rights of America industry meeting in Miami over at Durrell with Glenn Loop of the Cigar Rights of America, with Jim Young of Davidoff, with Rocky Patel of Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, with George Padron of Padron Cigars, and Alan Rubin of Alec Bradley Cigars. And when you hear the onerous regulations and what the cigar manufacturers are going to have to go through to register their cigars and test their cigars and exemptions that are going to have to try to be made for cigars that were produced after 2007, February of 2007, you will not believe it. It is boggling to me that the FUDA can enact a regulation retroactive to 2007, nine years ago. And I can assure you, in the litigation, I would bet you almost every nickel I had that there will be some challenge to that what they call predicate date of 2007, February of 2007. But we'll go through it in detail. It is unreal. You may never see, if this FUDA regulation stands, you may never see another new cigar launch with a new blend component because many of the blends have to follow previous blends prior to 2007. It's very confusing. It's very complicated. We'll get it in the second hour. Lieutenants, don't forget, Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water. Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., the event of the year in the Buffalo Theater of Operations. It begins with the launch of the new Rocky Patel 55, and everyone in attendance will receive six great cigars. The Rocky Patel 55, the Rocky Patel Edge Light, the Nish Patel Bold, the Nimi D by Rocky Patel, the Rocky Patel 20th, and the Hamlet Cigar. Six cigars. You're going to get a bottle of fantastic bourbon. You are going to get some other goodies that we've got, including the Cigar Dave Special Blend Coffee. I'm working on an espresso roast from our friends over at Premium Roasters in Lackawanna. Additionally, you are going to get a couple of cans of great Hamburg Brewing beer. You're going to get samples of great craft beer from Hamburg Brewing, samples of old uh, Woodford Reserve, old Forster, the brand-new Cooper's Craft bourbon that we just talked about last week on the show. Additionally, a huge alpha male lunch buffet, and the show goes live noon to 2. It is the event of the year. Buffalo Riverworks, go to CigarDave.com right now and buy your tickets. Also, while I was in Miami, had the chance to spend not one, not two, but conducting a three-hour interview with Padron Cigars founder Jose O. Padron and his son George. We just started talking, and it, three hours later, we're done. So we're going to run that over three consecutive weeks. Fascinating story about Padron Cigars as they go in now to their 53rd year. And Jose O. Padron just celebrated his 90th birthday. We had a great time, great hospitality down there. 
You're really going to enjoy these interviews. I guarantee it is really an American success story, and they're great people, and they make great cigars. That we know. Lieutenants, when we come back, I'm going to tell you about the Tampa mayor, Bob Buckhorn, taking credit for a road construction project that opened three weeks early that he had nothing to do with. You want to know who had everything to do with it? You're listening to him. We'll continue around the corner. The 2016 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water is set for Saturday, August 13th at Buffalo Riverworks in the Western New York Theater of Operations. This day of Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers is presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars and includes delicious food, great libations from Jack Daniels and Hamburg Brewing, and premium cigars from Rocky Patel. Get your tickets now for the 2016 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water at CigarDave.com. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar. But the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I got to tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree. But guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. The males run on tofu. Alpha males run on meat, steak, cigars, and Cigar Dave, the trifecta of pleasure. Well, one thing you know about this, General, is that I cannot stand politicians that falsely take credit for something they have not done. I cannot stand politicians that when things are going badly, they're nowhere to be found. But they always are front and center with a camera op, a photo op, to take credit for something, even if they had nothing to do with it. And we have a situation here in the Cigar City that I had to share with you, and I find it rather comical. As you know, I took on, I, I talked about this about three weeks, four weeks ago. I took on City Hall. 
major road reconstruction project, or actually just a a 100-foot section of a major north-south arterial called West Shore Boulevard in the Cigar City of Tampa. And it's a two-lane road that uh, runs for about four miles or so. Now, the commercial part of it, a little bit north of of uh, uh, with the business district is multiple lanes, but there's an area that's only one lane goes way back. This probably was built 70, 80 years ago. And there are many canals that go east-west. And one of the projects that Tampa is undergoing right now, because there's major flooding when we get thunderstorms and, and heavy rains, they've got these uh, bridges, and what they're doing is they're rebuilding these bridges. They're putting in, instead of big pipes, they're putting out what they call box culverts, which look like big aqueducts. And it passes the water out to Tampa Bay. So one of the areas they have to do is a 100-foot section of this road, West Shore Boulevard. Now, it's a major, major north-south arterial. You've got 28,000 cars a day that use that road. Commuters, residents, I use that on a regular basis, on a daily basis almost. So when this project is launched, there was no advance warning to any residents. The City of Tampa Communications Department did not get the word out, didn't spread the word. The media hadn't, didn't cover it because they weren't informed except the day before. The only thing I saw is there was this LED sign that was put up, and it says West Shore Boulevard closed with the dates. I think it was like late April initially. The project got started about 10 days late, two weeks late. What's new? Well, nowhere on that sign did it say, go to this website. Go to westshoreconstruction.com for maps, for information, nothing. So on the first day that it's closed down, it is gridlock. It is mayhem. There are no detour signs posted. It was an absolute disaster. And I see the construction site. On the second day, I go to the construction site. It's 5 o'clock. Nothing's being done. Broad daylight, beautiful weather. The, the, the big crane is sitting there, all these other machines. No people, nobody working. I'm shocked. I'm thinking this is a huge project. Why are they not working sunrise to sunset? Why are they not working seven days a week? So I make some inquiries. I first talked to my, Cong- or my uh, city councilman. He's useless, Charlie Miranda. Charlie was, was pronounced dead five years ago and hasn't gotten the memo yet. Give Charlie a cookie and a glass of milk, send him to the home. It's time, way past time. So I then proceed to figure, you know what, I'm going to take action. This alpha doesn't sit around, and I know that people were complaining in the area, commuters, residents. Well, lieutenants, there's a reason I'm a natural-born leader, why I'm a five-star general, because I get things done. I don't sit around and wait for someone else. I lead from the front of the pack, not from the back. So pick up the phone, call Brad Baird, who is the director of public works. I get in touch with his assistant, very nice woman, Michelle. And I explained to her, she said, Mr. Baird is going to be tied up. Let me get with him, and I'm going on vacation tomorrow, but I will call you back. That I promise. Sure enough, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, she calls and says, I talked to Mr. Baird. He can't do it this week, but she's going to have the director of contract administration, Mike Chuckran from our department, give you a call Monday morning. And sure enough, Mike called me. He did. We had a pleasant conversation. Now, I queried him about 20 times, and I said, Mike, you know this is a big project. How could you not bid this project out as a six- or seven-day-a-week, 24-hour-a-day labor project? And he said, we can't go overnight because of the noise and because the way that we're working on these, on these, uh, these canals and the bridge, it's from a safety perspective. I said, fine, I'll take that. Why can't you go six, seven days a week, 
12, 13 hours a day, sunrise to sundown. Never got an answer. They, they, they basically knew, the answer I got was, well, we knew it was going to cause problems, so, you know, we just figured we'd have to grin and bear it. Well, when you know it's going to cause problems, you bid that out to get that done most expeditiously. Never got an answer. I finally got a call back from Brad Baird. Mike was with him on the call. And one thing I'll t- say about those gentlemen, they, after I queried Brad, I said, Brad, tell me how on earth you could bid this project out. And knowing that there's going to be major problems, how did you not bid this out as a six, seven-day-a-week project, 13 hours a day? And basically, after some, some going back and forth, he said he admitted we screwed up. Now, what happened after I made my initial call to his office? The very next day, they both went out. Brad and Mike went out, met with the contractors, and said, we got to go to a six-day-a-week sunrise-to-sunset uh, schedule. And they did. And it shaved three weeks off the project. Tampa residents, Tampa commuters, you can thank me, this General Cigar Dave. Now, Mayor Bob Buckhorn was nowhere to be found. One of the things that prompted the action is I did a Twitter video from the construction site when I was overlooking it and there were no workers, and I tagged Bob Buckhorn, the mayor of Tampa, on it, and I know he saw it, and I know it made the rounds, and that's why the very next day the two men from Public Works got their asses out to the construction site, and things started to change. Well, I'm in Miami, as you know, for the Florida broadcasters and the cigar rights meeting here from the Eden Rock, so I was not back in Tampa, but I saw the tweet yesterday, tweet from Bob Buckhorn's Twitter account, and here's what he says. There's a picture of him in the morning darkness, probably about 5 a.m., Next to the sign that said road closed, they were doing a ceremonial moving of the sign, all these TV crews, and he says, West Shore Boulevard is officially back open for business, and three weeks ahead of schedule, thank you for your patience. Taking false credit for having that project open up three weeks prior. Now, I invited Mayor Buckhorn to come and appear today on the show. I never heard back from his public affairs officer yesterday called early in the day, actually called probably about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. 12, actually early, about 12.30. Never heard. Never heard back. And the reason he's not is because he knows he doesn't have the balls to take me on. He is falsely taking credit for something where he hid from. He was nowhere to be found when things were going wrong, when the commuters were having problems, when residents were irate and ticked, when the project was going horribly, was, was absolutely the worst Poor, most poorly planned project in Tampa history, at least in the last 30, 40 years. Nowhere to be found. Never tweeted anything, never got on media, never did anything. But yesterday, here's exactly, I'm going to play you from uh, News Channel 8, the NBC affiliate. Take a listen to this, this report, because all the TV reporters were there. Of course, he made a photo op out, out of it. Let's play it. Good news as you head out the door, your drive to work might be a lot easier. West Shore Boulevard is now back open. Look at the mayor there moving the sign. He woke up bright and early with us, and uh, he's making way for the traffic. This part of the road has been closed for more than a month. News Channel leads Adrian Pedersen is at West Shore and Azeal this morning. So, Adrian, always good when a project finishes ahead of schedule. Good morning, Gail. That's for sure. And you know, the mayor tells me the reason he came out here is because he knows it was such a hassle to have West Shore closed. But you can see now traffic moving freely. No, he came out there for a photo op to take credit for the road opening three weeks when he didn't do a goddamn thing about it. I did. Bob Buckhorn now is a joke of a politician. I've liked him. I've had him on the show. 
but he's another taxocrat. He wants to run for governor. He's got no chance. He couldn't even manage a road project 100 feet and get it done ahead of time properly. It took me, this alpha, this natural-born leader, to raise holy hell in the city of Tampa with Brad Barrett and Mike Chukran of Public Works. So, lieutenants, you have the real story. Mayor Bob Buckhorn, nothing but an opportunist to get a photo opportunity when things are great and to take credit. A real alpha is there when things are not going well to stand up and take the blame when things are necessary. Cigar Dave the General may just run for mayor or governor in three years. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the General Cigar Dave. This This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Oh, this is a classic. Voice telling Ed just tweeted out something that I just replied to. A sign from Wendy's Beaver, Utah. It says, welcome to real, welcome to fresh, welcome to Wendy's Beaver. Listen, what man doesn't like real, fresh beaver? Who wants wants stale and, uh, and fake beaver? Classic. All right, lieutenants. After my rant on the Tampa mayor, I just want to say, if he wants to join us anytime, he knows the number. Lieutenants, earlier this week, I attended the Cigar Rights of America Industry and Manufacturing Meeting Update on the FDA regulation. Had a chance to sit down with some key members talking about the FDA regulations. They're onerous. They're horrible. We started off Len Loop of CRA, Jim Young, Davidoff, Rocky Patel of Rocky Patel Cigars, and George Padrona Patron. We sit outside at Doral and we talk onerous regulations of FDA. The general front and center, as you know, the cigar industry and our beloved cigars have been under attack by the FDA, or as I like to refer to them, the FUDA. And there is no question that their regulations, their deeming regulations on cigars, extremely onerous. It's going to be costly, going to be time-consuming. And I had the chance to attend a special industry update meeting for the Cigar Rights of America in Miami. And in fact, we're outside right now. You can hear some of the planes overhead. But I'm joined by Glenn Loop, the CEO of the Cigar Rights of America, Jim Young, the president of Davidoff North America, Rocky Patel of Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, and George Padron of Padron Cigars. And gentlemen, uh, I wanted to take this opportunity to inform all of our alpha males, our lieutenants, give them an update on what's going on. We have told them some of the events that have taken place, how this is going to affect them. But today, I have to tell you, when we were in this all-day meeting, 
some of the things that I heard, manufacturing controls, ban on free samples, user fees, a registration of brands, ingredient lists, health effects, different warnings of plans, HPHC testing, all these things that this industry now has has to cope with that have nothing to do with people enjoying cigars, but it's going to have to do with the price of their cigars because these these tests are, are certainly onerous and much of which we don't even know yet because it's still regulation that is fluid. So first off, off let me bring on Glenn uh, Loop of the CRA. Glenn, this is an unprecedented attack on a product that is legal, consumed, and enjoyed by adults. Absolutely. And the reason for this meeting today that Dave, you referred to, is we had over 40 cigar companies, premium cigar companies, in the same room, listening to really a three-pronged approach to this uh, really complex and onerous problem. One, in the 400-year history of the cigar industry, this is an unprecedented attack by the federal government. 499 pages, of which 30 pages specifically attack the premium cigar industry. You noted the most onerous parts that are going to do nothing but drive up the price of cigars. New user fees, new pre-market approval process for new blends, which will dramatically affect the number of new cigars coming out on the market. We addressed it from the litigation vantage point. There's no doubt about it. The cigar industry has to come together and will come together with the Cigar Association of America, the IPCPR, and the CRA, spearheading a comprehensive industry piece of litigation of complaints opposing the most disastrous parts of this rule. And then lastly, the legislative opportunity we've got to rectify this. We've got a very, very short window with the United States Congress. We have legislation alive in the House of Representatives and the Appropriations Bill to exempt premium cigars and to change that predicate date. And we've got this short window between now, keeping in mind there's only a matter of basically six weeks in this entire year that Congress is in session. But hopefully we're going to get that through the House of Representatives and work towards getting it through the Senate by the end of the year. Jim Young of Davidoff, uh, you are one of the manufacturers that made a very impassioned speech to fellow manufacturers. It was you, Rocky, George, all of you said something which really stuck to me, and Eric Newman as well, who who could not be here, had to head back uh, up to a fundraiser, actually, for some politicians in Washington, where all of you have spent a disproportionate amount of time instead of running your businesses. But you said something, all three of you said something very important, including George, and that was, this is our livelihood. These are our lives. And not only are there thousands, hundreds of thousands of employees, but consumers who enjoy a legal adult product now are going to face Lim- much more limited choices because of testing, higher prices because of user fees. How do you see this in terms of affecting not only the consumer, but also your employees, the people who come to work every day for a living for a legal product? Yeah, Dave, uh, you know, this is this is the, 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 the moment, the crisis moment for the industry. And, um, and it really is important that every company, whatever their size, takes the opportunity now to pitch in. And, uh, you know, we're, we're a company, as, as are the others around this table here that have been doing that for many, many years. And, um, you know, we need everybody to recognize how critical this moment is for us and get the money on the table. We're going to be paying a lot of money for lawyers and consultants. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be quite a costly uh, exercise. And, and uh, if you're if you're out there, uh, you know, you can do your part, too, and, and contribute to the CRA, become a member of the CRA. 
and uh, help us win this win this battle. We we do we have not given up hope. We we have a number of strategies that Glenn just talked about, legislative wise, and actually engaging with the FDA to make sure the rules when they're finally and you know, go into force are uh, as lenient as they can possibly be, uh, you know, despite what's written in the rule right now. So my message to everybody in the industry and consumers alike is, you know, we need you now. It's time to step up. I'm privy to many of the discussions that went on today, and obviously, for strategic reasons, I have been asked to keep some of the state secrets, if you will, just that secret, which I will, because I am not uh, a journalist. I am someone who enjoys cigars, just like all of our listeners. We enjoy a great product. And Jim, even though Davidoff is a large company, it's still a family-owned company in Switzerland. And the two people that I'm going to bring on now, Rocky Patel of Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, George Padron of Padron Cigars, both of your companies are family-owned. Rocky, you have your cousin, you have your brother, you have other family members. George, almost the entire Padron family is involved. And you made you, you referenced something, George. You said, I don't know if we'd be able to be in business if this happened 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I mean, for, for us and my family, we've always looked at this issue with FDA, and I've looked at it uh, looking back at the history of our company, and, you know, I don't know where Padron would be today if FDA would have been in place, you know, FDA regulation would have been in place 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Um, you know, we've been fighting this along with a lot of our colleagues in the, in the industry, trying to protect our right to, to enjoy a, a legal product. Uh, there, are, there are many consumers out there that have um, enjoyed our products for many, many years, and we are, you know, we are faced right now with the most difficult challenge for, for this industry. You know, we hope that, um, that the message that we're trying to communicate goes out and people understand it. And as Jim said, the, the, um, the fight is just beginning right now. We, have, um, we are trying to have a unified front uh, to present ideas that we feel are important to protect the industry. But there's a tremendous legal cost involved with this undertaking, and it's important that uh, the consumers as well as other manufacturers be involved in the process and contribute in any way possible for us to, to prevail. George, we've known, known each other a long time. Rocky, I've known you, in a long, you a long time. Eric Newman, I've known for 21 years. Never in 21 years of knowing all of you have I ever heard as much passion in your closing remarks today at the Cigar Rights uh, All-Industry Conference uh, here in Miami. And George, I have known you for a long time. You're very mild-mannered, but you really were very impassioned today, and it was very apparent that what this means, not only to the industry, but to the employees, the people that that count on the cigar industry, an adult product. And I keep emphasizing that because that's exactly what it is. None of you at the table here have ever marketed to kids, nor do you want kids enjoying and consuming your product. Well, I mean, I think it's important to understand, uh, and from our standpoint as Padron Cigars, as well as many of the people that are in, in, in our industry, this is an industry of family, okay? And whether you're a big company or a small company, a lot of the employees that we have, when my father refers to our family, he refers to also our employees. We have employees that have been with us since the beginning of our company, since the founding of our company. Which is now 52 years. Which is 52 years. We have employees in Nicaragua that have been with us since the founding of the company in Nicaragua in 1970. Uh, you know, we have brothers, we have sisters, we have relatives that work, you know. So, so obviously we have been explaining to them this situation 
and we have and we are doing everything in our power to ensure that we can continue this family tradition for many more years. You know, I've, I'm fortunate enough to, to be second generation in the cigar business. I hope that my son, and if they choose to get into this business, that they have an opportunity to do so. Um, you know, and I think that with the unity that is being shown here today, and with the ideas that are being put forth, I really hope that we can prevail in the long, you know, and have a long-term uh, positive outcome for all of us. We're talking at uh, post Cigar Rights of America Industry Conference. Glenn Loop, the President, CEO of the Cigar Rights of America, Jim Young, President, Davidoff North America, Rocky Patel, uh, proprietor, President of Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, George Padron of Padron Cigars. We'll continue our conversation from Miami right after this. If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay. Or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. In this difficult and challenging time when the government is trying to outlaw premium cigars and take away the art form of enjoying a beautiful cigar, we decided to introduce our brand called Prohibition. This cigar is going to be the bootlegger's dream. A gorgeous cigar made in Esteli, Nicaragua, triple cap, using a broadleaf wrapper and a Mexican wrapper from the San Andreas Valley. It's got Nicaraguan tobaccos from the Nicaraguan valleys of Esteli and Jalapa. It's rich, it's complex, it's got some spice, some white pepper, and a ton of sweetness. Full of flavor, this cigar is one that you're going to want to enjoy, and you're going to bootleg. And that's why it's called Prohibition. Enjoy it. I promise you're going to love it. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes store or the Google Play store, search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle. Always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron 
traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. fight against the FUDA. Here's the general with more from the Cigar Rights of America's meeting earlier this week. The general front and center, I'm in Miami. We had the Cigar Rights, I attended the Cigar Rights of America Industry Conference uh, today. And uh, joining me in addition to Glenn Liu from the Cigar Rights of America, we have uh, Jim Young from Davidoff, George Padron, who you just heard from Padron Cigars, and Rocky Patel of Rocky Patel Premium Cigars. Rocky, when you look at premium cigars, the only ingredient that are in your cigars is natural gr- uh, uh, grown cigar tobacco. There's no additives. There's no chemicals. There is nothing except tobacco. And now the FDA is going to force all manufacturers to go through an extensive testing and, and uh, a registration process. How much do you estimate this is going to cost and how much time is this going to take? Well, certainly, you know, this is a big undertaking. Uh, you know, the first thing that's going to happen, uh, all products that were made after February 15, 2007, basically have to be predicated. So, in other words... Which means what? Which means that you have two years to sell the product, otherwise they have to be taken off the shelf, unless you can show that you had a grandfathered product that was in commerce on February 15th of 2007, and then you could take that particular product, that particular blend, and that particular size, and reintroduce product with different packaging, different name, as long as the blend is exactly the same, and it has to be introduced before August 9th of 2017-16 this year. So, uh, you know, that's going to limit the amount of products that are going to be out there for consumers to enjoy in the future. The cost is going to be ridiculous as far as the testing because 2019, every single cigar that you have on the shelf goes through a special testing process, which involves each single size in each single brand. could be fifteen dollars to $20,000 per size. Uh, So this is a a huge, huge, uh, you know, uh, problem for the entire industry to undertake at this juncture. Uh, This is a cottage industry. We don't have any ingredients besides very clean water that we add in the fermentation process to our cigars. Uh, The cigars are all handmade. Uh, We certainly don't have youth access issues. So... Uh, the deeming regulations are very, very limiting. Uh, the amount of costs that it's going to entertain each company to undertake 
for filing the substantial equivalence uh, filings to file the ingredient lists. Uh, that's enormous, uh, and the testing costs are enormous. So uh, it's going to put a lot of companies out of business. It's going to put a financial burden and stress on many of our family-owned companies. So it's outrageous. And this could kill the boutique industry. And when I look at both of you, you're both large manufacturers now. Davidoff Jim has been around for a long time, but George and Rocky, you both started off as boutique manufacturers. Your father started off, George, 52 years ago selling cigars in the cafeterias in Little Havana. Well, I mean, I think that the term boutique has been overused in this industry. Um, I don't look at uh, products as boutique products. I, I mean, there are, there, are, there are products that are classified as boutique products that are made in factories that make 20 million cigars a year. Um, you know, so I think it's important to not overstate that term. Um, as far as Padron is concerned, we're focused on one thing and one thing only, and that's producing a quality product. Um, and that's, that has been something that we have focused on from day one, from the founding of the company, and that hasn't changed. So I think it's important that we don't use that, that term boutique. You need to really think about that now in this day and age uh, because there are not too many true, true boutique brands. Well, let me bring that back then, George. 52 years ago, Ballpark, how many cigars in the first year do you think your father and Padron Cigars sold? Well, I don't think I know exactly. Our, uh, the first year, my dad started in September of 64. From September through December, he sold 20,000 cigars. 20,000 cigars. So let's say on an annualized basis, let's just up it to 100,000 cigars. That's still uh, not a huge number in terms of when you think of today, millions and millions of cigars for different companies. But back then, if he would have been subjected to this regulation, it could have wiped him out right from the get-go. Well, I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, the, 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 uh, the, the, this uh, regulation, what it does is it creates barriers of entry into the marketplace. It makes it very difficult for small manufacturers to survive. Um, so I'm not, I would certainly, it's safe to say that it would, it would have been very difficult for him to have survived under that environment. Um, so, you know, I think that what we're facing today for companies both large and small is the same situation. Whether you're a large manufacturer or a small manufacturer, we're all facing the same types of problems. You know, one of the things that, that this new FDA deeming regulation would would uh, ban starting August 8th, so we're talking just over a month from now, five weeks, something like that, a ban on free samples. Now, many of you, all of you do events. You buy a box, you get a special cigar, or a couple of cigars free, just a little way of thanking the consumers attending an event. That would be out, Jim. That would be totally wiped out. Yeah, that, that's one of the you know real problematic areas of the rule, and, and it's going to require us to kind of revisit all of all of the companies to revisit how we conduct events and and that particular component of events. And uh, you know, I still think we'll be able to find a way for consumers to have a great experience coming to our events, and uh, we'll find a way that's both compliant and let's say reasonable for those consumers to get something they weren't expecting to get. Um, uh, but we have to be, you know, we have to be, this is a law, so we have to be completely uh, in line with the law. Uh, but we're, we, we are not uh, planning to give up events. We think it's just too important uh, for our business and for our brands. We're talking at uh, post-Cigar Rights of America Industry Conference. Glenn Loop, the 
President, CEO of the Cigar Rights of America, Jim Young, President, Davidoff North America, Rocky Patel, uh, proprietor, President of Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, George Padron of Padron Cigars. We'll continue our conversation from Miami right after this. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is a Quesada cigar sampler, including the Quesada 40th Anniversary, the Fonseco Cubano Limitado, and the Fonseco Classic 799. The Quesada 40th Anniversary combines Secos, Visos, and Ligeros of Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers with a Dominican binder and a beautiful dark San Andreas wrapper. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get these premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. Alpha's a big event taking place in the Buffalo Theater of Operations, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It is the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, one of the great events of the year at the Buffalo Riverworks downtown Buffalo. This is an all-inclusive VIP ticketed event. From the time you walk in until the time you leave, you will enjoy great cigars, including six premium Rocky Patel cigars, including the new Rocky Patel 55th making its worldwide debut. We'll have a full Alpha Lunch Buffet, including Salem Smokehouse Buffalo Dogs, a carnivore carving station, paella with meat and seafood. It's going to be fantastic. You will have drinks, including five different craft beers from Hamburg Brewing. We will have samples of Woodford Reserve, Old Forster, Jack Daniels. You'll get a commemorative gift. Go to CigarDave.com. Get your tickets now. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Buffalo Riverworks in Buffalo. We will see you there. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. Siempre que te pregunto... We never stop fighting against the enemies of pleasure who are trying to take away your rights. With more, here's Cigar Dave. The general front and center in Miami spent the entire day at a Cigar Rights of America industry meeting and conference talking about the unprecedented and onerous FDA deeming regulations. We are rejoined by the President, CEO, Executive Director of the Cigar Rights of America, Glenn Loop, Jim Young of Davidoff North America, Rocky Patel of Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, and George Padron of Padron Cigars. Rocky, I want to pick up with you because you brought up an interesting thing. You, you talked about deeming dates and predicate dates and registering cigars. There's a lot of steps to this FDA regulation. So I'd like to, for you to go through uh, very clearly what the differences and nuances are, what does it mean for a manufacturer, for example, that, number one, you've had brands out, let's say, since before 2007, and you're also going to be introducing new brands. Tell us how that would work with these new FDA regulations, what you would have to go through, and the estimated costs. 
Well, a lot of the regulations are very, very ambiguous, and they actually make no logical sense. What the FDA is basically claiming is that if you had a product that was in commerce prior to February 15, 2007, that product is grandfathered in and can be sold. If you introduce new products since then, they're claiming that that product could be potentially more dangerous. Now, we know that most of the tobaccos basically come from very common regions from Nicaragua, Honduras, Dominican, Ecuador, etc. There's really not that much difference in the toxicology of the product besides the taste profiles in the product. Hence, their regulation is flawed in many, many ways. So what they're asking us to do is say that the only way we would deem the product to be fine within our guidelines is for you to show that your grandfathered product is same as the new product you released, the sizes are exactly the same, and then and only then will we allow you to bring those products to market. Now you can bring them to market if you go through a very expensive chemical testing process where the burden of proof lies on you to show that these products are not harmful or less harmful than the grandfathered product you have. And those testing procedures can amount in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, and there's a very, very small likelihood that those products would get through the actual uh, purview of the FDA regulation. So it just makes it very complicated, very expensive. They're basically acting like prohibitionists, and that's the biggest problem that we face with them. What would you be testing for precisely? Well, that's the problem. We don't know. They have not really, uh, you know, deemed any guidelines. There is, they've come up with a blanket map that is very, very strict in guidance, but there's no meat or substance behind it within which all of our member companies could actually follow and see where we would go. So they've come up with these guidelines, but there's nothing else that they've delivered. In the meantime, they claim they're going to come up with these guidelines down the line after they think through this process, after they better understand our industry. It was similar to us going to Iraq and getting rid of Saddam Hussein, not knowing what the repercussions were once we did that. And that's the same thing that's happening with FDA here. They've gone and poked their, you know, their, their, their fork into a bee's a nest, not knowing the repercussions. And that's the problem here. They know nothing about premium cigars. They don't understand it. And yet they deem to regulate an industry they know nothing about. And my understanding, Glenn, is this was really a ramrodding through the Office of Management and Budget where part of any law being enacted or any new regulations, you have to show the financial impact to the industry, to jobs. And my understanding was the Office of Management and Budget, while they were looking at this, this was almost enacted right around their back by the FDA. Am I correct? You, you are correct. Uh, it's the political intelligence that, that we got that... Well, we felt like we actually had sympathetic ears at OMB, that they genuinely understood that they there was a valiant effort, we think, to treat this side of the industry differently. We think that the order, if you will, to treat this industry the way they did came from over their head, i.e. straight out of the Oval Office, straight out of the White House. So in that respect, uh, they, they totally got ramrodded by people over their pay grade, which at OMB is very tough to do. But let's get to the jobs question. OMB is mandated to, to evaluate the economic impact of these types of regulations. There's an estimated 35,000 jobs in the, in the United States, 2,000 retail tobacconists, the South Florida economy, the Pennsylvania broadleaf community, the distribution channels through Pennsylvania, the Connecticut farming community, the trade shows in, in New Orleans and Las Vegas, 
now, putting even that aside, an estimated 300,000 jobs in Honduras, Nicaragua, and the Dominican Republic. Our friends at Oliva Tobacco in Tampa told us they alone with ASP have 4,000 employees in Ecuador associated with this industry. Every ambassador to the United States from those countries have written the State Department, have written the administration, raising their protest, keeping in mind the political and economic sensitivity of that very region in our own hemisphere, and now we're threatening over 300,000 jobs. In my opinion, the administration has done nothing but declare a trade war on those countries. Talking about the new FDA regulations, I attended an all-day conference put on by the Cigar Rights of America in Miami, and looking at the regulation and listening to the lawyers it is just bureaucratic mumbo-jumbo, bureaucratic nonsense to the nth degree. And, Jim, I want to bring you in because, you know, we're talking about the impact of jobs. And you relocated the headquarters down to Tampa, and you've got people that have been with Davidoff for many, many years. And this absolutely, when you're talking about a cost to test products that I've heard anywhere from 50000 to a couple of hundred thousand per size, per brand... Sooner or later, you got to look and say, we've got to make this up somewhere. If we can't, we've got to have to start cutting things. And I would venture to say that jobs, unfortunately, would be one of those things when we're in an era where we want more jobs in this country. Yeah, that's the, that's the ridiculousness of this, of this, uh, this whole thing. And, and as you said or was pointed out earlier, there's, there's a complete lack of clarity on precisely what it is we're going to need to do to be, in order to be compliant with, with the new deeming rules. And they're... Uh, the FDA is, is still yet to publish, for example, you talked about uh, testing, and that's where, where the real cost, uh, the dramatic cost is going gonna, is gonna to lie in product testing. And, uh, you know, one of the successes of not just our company, but, but many of the companies in the industry in the last, well, for, for a very long time, but certainly for us in the last five years, has been the introduction of new products. And this basically puts a, a screeching halt to any innovation in, the, in this market for a very long time. And, uh, you know, we're, we're obviously, like everybody else, trying to figure out how we're going to finance uh, these incremental costs, how we're going to continue to grow. And, uh, yeah, the, the, it's going to take, take some time to work that out. But, you know, we've been adding people year after year, and, you know, I don't see that, in, you know, certainly in the next few years, uh, adding people. Jim, Rocky brought up the point that, you're going to have to submit an application for any new brands. It's got to go through testing. You can sell it for what an additional two years while the test while the FDA reviews the testing. Well, what happens if it's past two years? What happens if it's three years? What happens if it's four years? Can you not sell your cigars that were launched after 2007 in the marketplace? Yeah, technically, if we don't file the uh, required uh, paperwork, and, it, and technically and within two years. And if the FDA does not approve that within the extra year after that, they reserve the right uh, to actually deem that product no longer legal on the market. It has to be removed from the market. So we're talking uh, uh, August 2019, where if they haven't uh, haven't responded favorably to the submission, then that market, then that product comes off the market. Um, we hope that they. Over the course of the coming months, that they see the, uh, the, the the lunacy in applying something like that as rigorously as that, uh, but but we have to plan for that uh, that kind of situation. Glenn, I want to ask you about something called user fees. Now, translated in English, that means taxes, and the cigar industry today pays the uh, 
bulk, the lion's share of the S-chip tax, the state children's health initiative uh, initiative program to provide health care for uh, underinsured or lower income children at an unprecedented tax rate of 53 percent. 53%. If that's not an onerous tax, I don't know what is. But now we're talking about user fees that the FDA would mandate. How much? <laughs> Who's going to pay it? What does that mean? Well, it's really kind of an unknown. It'll be based upon a methodology that is has its foundation in the master settlement agreement. So hypothetically, and this is a rough number at this juncture, the user fees could take over $60 million out of the South Florida economy. If that doesn't make it a national political issue with these campaigns running for president, I'm not sure what does. But each one of these companies, no matter how small or how large, are going to have to bear that. My guess is, as a consumer, that's going to be passed on and make the cigars infinitely more expensive. Those user fees coming out of this economy, since we're here in Miami, in the South Florida economy, goes to the heart of why I met with the mayor of Miami. I met with your friend, Bob Buckhorn, the mayor of Tampa. Mm -hmm. Both mayors sent a letter to the administration demanding an economic impact analysis on those user fees and the implementation process of this rule on their respective communities in Florida. They were totally unanswered, totally ignored by the administration. And right now, there's 40 corporate offices just between Fort Lauderdale and Miami. We've met with the Port of Miami, thinking in the spirit that every one of these guys you're talking to right now in this entire industry, all 300 million premium handmade cigars are coming in through the Port of Miami. Those are going to be jobs on the periphery that are also going to be affected by this. But the rough number is going to be somewhere between 40, 60 million on the low end of this in terms of the user fees, and that's going to run the price of cigars up. So per cigar, do we know roughly what that would equate to? Do we have really a percentage? Sure. I'm not sure if Rocky does. I mean, really, it's a very complex formula. It's based on your own FET taxes uh, that you imported for the last year. Then you have to divide it by the $60 million, and then, and then there's other division calculation. But the main cost here, again, is going to be the chemical testing, all the fees that each of the companies face with regards to attorney's fees, the lawsuits that will be filed. And there's a lot of ambiguity, as I mentioned before, in the compliance documents. There are no standards that are set out for regulation. And we have to go back with FDA, convene with them, hopefully go back to OMB and go over some of these guidelines for ingredient testing, for example. When we come back, I want to get into a little history of how the FDA was able to enact this uh, legislation against cigars, this deeming leg uh, legislation, and then talk about what strategies, what can be done to battle the FDA, whether that is through consumers or whether that's through litigation or what other, other uh, area of, uh, of lobbying the industry can come up with to to get rid of some of this onerous regulation. We'll continue front and center. We have spent the entire day with an industry update with uh, the Cigar Rights of America, Glenn Loop of the CRA, Jim Young of Davidoff, Rocky Patel, Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, George Padron of Padron Cigars, and Alan Rubin of Alec Bradley just joined us. He'll join us for the next segment as we continue. Final concluding segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. The 2016 Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, is Saturday, August 13th at Buffalo Riverworks. Get your tickets now at CigarDave.com. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. 
This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next? How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. The General is leading the fight against the F.U.D.A. as they enact onerous regulations on premium cigars. With the plan moving forward, here's Cigar Dave. The General front and center from Miami, our Ford Theater of Operations. Today, I attended the special industry meeting of manufacturers with the Cigar Rights of America. Glenn Loop. The executive director of the CRA joins us, Jim Young of Davidoff, Rocky Patel, Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, George Padron of Padron Cigars, and Alan Rubin of Alec Bradley Cigars. Let me bring in uh, Alan Rubin from Alec Bradley Cigars. Alan, when you joined us during the break, you mentioned something very interesting. You, you brought up a point about samples, whether employees could smoke samples of your own cigars. But you brought up another very important point about charitable contributions, which everyone at this table has been very active in and very involved, and none of you say no when it comes especially with our military. Yeah, I mean, I would think that the premium cigar industry and the, uh, and the cigar retailers, the tobacconists around the country, have donated millions of dollars, uh, probably year over year, to uh, worthy charitable causes. Again, it's very difficult for us to say no. We're very much a peace-loving, fun, enjoyable crowd. I mean, you have people, you know, together over cigars. There's there's great conversation, and so we all want to be just part of it. I, I, I literally had to turn down because August eighth, after August eighth, there's no more uh, uh, free sampling. Basically, I just had to turn down a charitable cause taking place in September that builds out rooms. They do room makeovers for disabled children. And I have sponsored them since their inception. And I have to say no. Last week, as 
it's now not legal for me to do that. In addition, we just found out that we are not able to have samples given to our own employees to test products. And, and as, a, as a manufacturer, if I want to give friends cigars that, that come to the office, they want to have a cigar, I, as a manufacturer, I can't give them a cigar. You know, there's that old adage in construction, measure twice, cut once. It's almost as if the FDA didn't measure at all and cut three times. George? <laughs> you, you, you have a lot to say. You had a lot to say earlier about it. My dad was a carpenter. <laughs> so well, I the hammer. That That's right. You learned that lesson very quickly. Now, let's focus on what can be done. Now, what options are Is there litigation options? Is there legal options, lobbying options? Who wants to take that? What options are there for the cigar industry without, without revealing specific high-level well, confidential strategy? Let, let, well, me just, let me just say something before because, Rocky, you brought it up. We give hundreds of thousands of cigars to our to our military uh, for them to sit down and relax and and, and the, you know the time that they that they can and uh, cigars for warriors a very prominent organization that we support. The number one requested item besides coffee from all of our troops overseas is cigars. And I have listeners at all the Ford Theater of Operations, and they all say the same thing. It's the one thing that gives us a little taste of home when we're in a hellhole. Yeah. So this is. This is now the U.S. government, the FDA, coming in and saying we can no longer do that, and it's something that we've, as an industry, taken pride in: is to be able to support the military every, you know, every way that we can. And now, now that's that's gone. Unacceptable. Let, so let's talk about what strategies, what recourse do we have? Who wants to take that without divulging the specific yeah, secretive? Let's let's uh, bring it over to Rocky here. Well, I think we have three different pathways. Obviously, the first is going to be some sort of legal remedy. Uh, some causes of action, uh, whether it's against the user fees, uh, some constitutional arguments. Uh, we're going to try and uh, try and fight for some of our options, like option two, for example. Uh, so, what is option two, Rocky? Well, option two was the narrow definition that the premium cigar came up with as to what is a handmade cigar, and uh, that's the definition that we have in our bill that's pending. That's a ten dollar uh, price point. Well, well, well the, the FDA came up with that option two uh, based on pushback from OMB, and there is a ten dollar price point which we disagree with in that, but it's 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 uh, it's a narrow class that defines an exemption for premium cigars. Uh, so we don't want to give away too much on what uh, our legal battles will be, but that's certainly one pathway. The second pathway is uh, legislative action, and we have a bill pending in the House uh, with the exemption language for premium cigars and the predicate de uh, language for premium cigars. We're hoping to get that through the House, and hopefully we can get that through the Senate uh, in the near term. And then finally, uh, the third option would be to sit down and negotiate with FDA some of the compliance issues because there is a lot of ambiguity and uh, they haven't really thought through uh, what would be involved in regulating this special cottage industry, like I call it. And so I think we would uh, hopefully be able to do that so that we can better help them understand the premium cigar industry um, and show them that regulating is quite different than regulating cigarettes. And hence, I think there are special procedures, special exceptions that would apply to the handmade premium cigar industry, and that's all part of the plan in the near future. So really the three L's, legislative, legal, and lobbying. Yep. 
Yeah, that's uh, absolutely right. So, uh, you know, and that's why we need all you consumers up there uh, to get involved, join CRA. Uh, you know, we're certainly trying to get traction from all our member companies to get involved. This is the time to take on the fight on all three fronts. Uh, so as a comprehensive industry between the retailers, the manufacturers, all the different associations involved, uh, we're trying to band together to take on this uh, war that we're going to be in for the next couple of years. Contact their congressman. I mean, well, contact your congressman. Call the, you know, call your senators and tell them that there's something very important going on and they're about to take away something that we all are very passionate and love and, and take pride in and it's something that we all enjoy together. And just check the CRA website, uh, cigarrights.org. You should join the Cigar Rights of America. Very important. Those of you that love cigars, it's extremely important. But let me bring this up because we have many listeners that do not smoke cigars, but they like the show. They like the fact that we as cigar connoisseurs, as alphas, we enjoy uh, working hard and we enjoy the fruits of our labor. But I want to say something very important, and I've said this for many, many years. Even if you don't smoke cigars, even if you say, well, this doesn't affect me, you're wrong. It does. Because if you think the FDA and the government and the bureaucrats are done with cigars, you better think again. Look at Philadelphia. They just enacted a soda tax that's anywhere between 35 to 65 percent excise tax on a soda. If you think they're going to stop, at soda, think again. They're going to come after your steaks and your burgers. They're going to come after your grills. They're going to come after your coffee because coffee contains caffeine. So to all of you that say, well, I don't smoke cigars. It doesn't affect me. This is not about cigars. This is about freedom. This is about an onerous government. This is about a government out of control, bureaucrats that are not elected, that are deciding issues for the people. And this country was not founded by teetotalers. It was founded by men and women who enjoyed cocktails, who grew tobacco, and who believed in freedom. And I will leave it at that. I want to thank Alan Rubin of Alec Bradley, George Padron, Padron Cigars, Rocky Patel of Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, Jim Young, Davidoff, North America, and Glenn Loop, Cigar Rights of America. Lieutenant Cigar Dave, the general, saying, Mayor Humidor always be full, Mayor Cutter always be sharp, Mayor Ashby extra, extra long, Semper Delictatio, always pleasure, long live the Alpha, and screw the FUDA, we believe in freedom. <laughs>